0: You never know what um what each of us might be facing each week and uh, i just wanted to take a moment and um, just share a scripture that had been on my mind all week uh, hopefully you find it meaningful some of the best years of ministry i've ever had is is based on on this this one verse this two two verses actually uh, first corinthians sixteen thirteen through 14 it says be watchful stand firm in the faith um, act like men some translations say, be courageous, be strong, let all that you do be done in love, and I shared that with a few of you guys this week, um, and honestly, I had no idea uh, what, some, what some of you are going through. I had no idea, but I, the t- as the text started returning, it was thank you. Um, uh, Dr. Jones, even Jones isn't here this morning, he's on call. Uh, he and was, he was one of the doctors that saw some of the family members and friends of the young lady uh, who had taken her life. And uh, he said, man, I needed that scripture. Um, he, was, he was working through a tough time uh, that night and that morning. Um, I had friends share, we were at Camp Woody all weekend, right? Having fun with our kids and, and watching them have adventure and, and just have fun and be, just be kids. And that's, that's how it's supposed to be. But as I came back, I had other friends share with me back in Texas, you know, what had happened in Odessa. Um, And the point is, is that um, I I have friends ask me, why does God allow these things to happen? And that's not an easy question to answer, and we all ask that. Like, why is this happening? Why does this happen to me? Why do tragedies happen? Um, On one hand, there's those of us who are celebrating fun days, big events, you know, uh, wedding anniversaries. And on the other hand, there's some of us who are carrying some pretty, pretty deep pain. We've seen some pretty crazy things. We've got a lot of stresses on our shoulders, and um, I love going to that, that first Corinthians scripture, because it reminds me, God is wanting to use us, each of us, to be that hope, to be that light. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Um, act like men. Be courageous. Be strong. And this last part is, I think, what it's all about. Let all that you do be done in love. He's calling us as the body, to live that out, to be there, to ask if you need prayer. Um, so when you talk to somebody or you bump into them this week, say, hey, how can I, how can I pray for you? Um, and you never know, or, or send it, you know, shoot a scripture out to those you love the most, those you're closest to. You never know what you're going to get back and what God's doing. Um, so that's kind of the deep, the deep moment. I just wanted to respond to that this morning. Um, and this is not planned. Uh, I don't see Michael Oliver. Is Mike out today? He's celebrating too much? All right. Mike's celebrating too much. John, John Reff, can you join me up here for a moment? Um, John's celebrating a big... Sharon, you'll have to nudge him a little bit and have him come up here. <laughs> John's celebrating a big anniversary. And um, as that scripture was on my heart this week, I thought about men like Michael Oliver. And tell him congratulations for us, for me. I was hoping I could, I, and I didn't. I didn't let him know. This is just spur of the moment. I was wanting to congratulate him and say, when I think of First Corinthians 16:13 through 14, I think of men like John, men like Michael, um, several men in here in this room. There's too many to to bring you guys up here, but but I wanted, I want y'all to see and hear and get to know this guy. He's got more stories I think than you might have time to hear in one sitting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but for all the, all the young Coast Guard men in the room, you know, who are wondering, can I get to that finish line, there's, there's Michael Oliver, like, knock on his door, door sometime. You know, for all the men in the room that are wondering, can I make it through this marriage season, there's John Reff, who, how many years? How many years? 49. 49. Yeah. So, I, the only reason I made it through there is because my wonderful wife carried me. That's awesome. That's awesome. She did. And... All the years on the boat, I, I was a praying captain all the time, mm. and he brought me through everything free and clear, no hurts, no, nothing ever happened to the crew, a lot of close calls and <laughs> stories that he always brought us through, thank God. Yeah, so let me pray for, pray for you guys, specifically this morning I want to pray for John, for Michael, for, for even. Uh, Even's not here, and, and um, he said when he's on call, um, it's like a wave hits, and he never knows what's going to be in that wave. So let's pray. Let's pray for these guys this morning. Father, we love you. God, I thank you. Um, I thank you for everything that you give us, but, but I do thank you for the men that we get to witness and see who are living out your word. Um, God, who are, who are finishing the race who are leaning on you in their marriages, God, none of it is perfect. We're not perfect. Um, We need to lean on each other, and God, I thank you for for letting us lean on you when there's nothing else we can lean on. I just want to celebrate John today, 49 years of marriage. I want to celebrate Michael, uh, Oliver, for his commitment and faithfulness uh, to serve the way he served for so many years. God, I want to thank you for even who's, who's not able to make it here today as he's serving our community, loving on them um, the best way he can. Protect us. Let us be an encouragement to one another. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you, thank bro. You. Absolutely. Thank you. That was unplanned, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, but you can't go through a prayer time like this morning, right? and not respond to that. God, I'm trying not to get tearful already. So I'm going to be the old guy that I am and put my glasses on today, <laughs> if that's okay with y'all. So we've been in a series called The Adventure. Um, Amy did a great job of, of kicking that off for us, to go and make disciples in Matthew 28. Uh, last week, we talked about the here and now. The mission, the adventure is here and now. That, yeah, heaven, heaven awaits for those of us who accepted Christ But what God's calling us to, kind of like what just happened just now, He is asking us to pay attention to what's happening here and now. You know, and I love that part. This week, uh, we're going to talk about extraordinary boldness. Uh, So there's something about when we say, all right, I'm in. You've got my attention. Uh, What do you you want me to do? Like, I'm ready. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. The adventure, extraordinary boldness. Kim already read the scripture for you, but I'll start in Acts 3, 1 through 16. As you're turning to Acts 3, um, let me just say this. There's so many of us who are waiting and sitting, waiting on permission, permission to get in the game and live this life. I'm going to quote uh, famous Johnny Walker, that, the cowboy who, who came out here to, to uh, wrangle some horses, for Jesus, for these kids, he didn't like the word famous. He's shaking his head back there. <laughs> the legendary Johnny Walker. I'm going to quote him. We were talking about uh, cutting some trees down, making some, some, uh, some new places to stay, right, for the kids, for the mission, for the camps. And he said, you know, there's, there's not a lack of trees, and it's easy to learn how to cut down a tree. The hard work is actually doing it, <laughs> getting people to do it and stay interested in doing it. You know, you look over there at Woody Island, like how, how many cabins could we make, right? It's not the lack of resources. The saw is sharp. We just need a few people to say, I've, I've got permission. Like, I'm, re- I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to get on the adventure. That's what we're talking about today. I'm hoping by the time everyone leaves here, you go, you know what? I've been waiting on permission. And, and God's given me permission already. So, I'm going to stop talking. Let me read Acts 3, 1 through 16. Sorry, Johnny. Didn't mean to throw you on the spot again, but I I think I might do that often. (laughs) Too much wisdom coming out of that man. Acts 1, Acts 3, 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. To ask alms of those who are entering the temple, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked, the lame man asked, to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, and as did John, and said, look at us. He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something. But Peter said, I have no silver, I have no gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took them by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet, his ankles were made strong and leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognizing him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate. Notice that's the second time they mentioned this gate. Of the temple asking for alms and they were filled with wonder could you imagine? Filled with amazement. This dude had been there for years. Like years. And he was, he was hoping one day to be healed. So the beautiful gate, um, it's, a, it's actually derived from a Greek word. I believe you say it, Horeos. And that Greek word, beautiful gate, it means um, blooming or beautiful in its time, at the right time. This gate was mentioned twice, and I don't think that's an accident. It's, it's always about God's timing, right? It's always about God's timing. This man had been sitting there for years. Whew. And he's like, I just... Notice, he did, notice his first question was, hey, would you heal me? He saw men of God. His first question was, I just need money to get through the day, right? I need to go get a water burger and a chocolate shake. Sorry, that's a Texas thing. I need to go get... I don't know what to say here yet. <laughs> What's that thing you want that you get, you know, that you got to have? Chick-fil-A. You know, that's maybe another Southern thing. I don't know. Uh, I need to be careful when I do that, right? Or I'll just, you know, we'll get a Whataburger up here. Who wants to start a franchise? But no- notice, notice he asked for money for that day. And just like God says, I know, I know this is what you're asking for, but let, but let me give you what you really need. The beautiful gate. Beautiful, again, means, it's beauty, of course. It's describing beauty. It's describing um, maybe a flower that's blooming at just the right time. You know, sometimes you take care of your gardens and your, um, the flowers around the house, and then once a year, once a month, the thing blooms. That's what this gate is referring to, happening at the right time. Don't miss the very first thing in the story. This man asked. So before we get to Peter and John, before we start bragging on them for, for working miracles in Jesus' name, think about the guy who's sitting there. He, he asked. So I want to challenge you. What's that thing in your heart? What's that thing that God put on your heart maybe years ago that's maybe just loud as all get out this week, this month, but you, you have, maybe we haven't asked? Like I'll tell you, I wouldn't be standing here. Scotty was at my last message at the, at the church, and I uh, in Austin, Texas. That church grew from 450 people to, I think it's like 1,100 now, it, Oh, just in the last two years, because Austin's growing like crazy, and I'm standing there telling 1,100 people. Scotty was there. I wouldn't be here in Alaska if I didn't ask. Like, I wouldn't be here. It was five months ago, and I think I shared this with you guys. We went around the room and it was like, if you, could, if you could ask, want to see God do one thing, what would that one thing be? And that, that got around to me, that question, and I'm like, man, I'm not saying that out loud. I think I told you guys this. I'm not saying that out loud. But by the time it got to me, I said, I said all right, I, w- I want to go reach people in Alaska for Christ. And I don't know where that came from, except it's been there my whole life, maybe. But I asked. So what's, what's the question you have? Like, what's the one question you have? I just, I want to encourage you just to ask. The temple was filled daily with religious people. So this is, this is the part we're going to turn the corner and get to Peter and John. The temple was filled daily with re- religious people. This lame man was there, and these religious people were there. Um, and their main concern was to uphold the law, right? The, Mos- the Mosaic Law. And they were, they were Jewish people who were trying to keep their tr- traditions, who were trying to be as perfect as, as they could. They were religious people. But it was God's people. It was Christ's followers, Peter and John, that chose to respond to the need. So there was the question, there was the ask, and then you have Christ's followers actually responding. I'm saying, all right, here I am. We all have opportunities to ask every day, every morning. We all have opportunities to ask. And we all have opportunities to respond. So I'll tell you a story before I get on to Acts 3. I shared last week one of my favorite things that I think my mom passed down to me. One was just getting in God's Word every day. Like I'm a normal, uh, imperfect person just like everybody else on this planet. Uh, but when I dig into God's word, it's like, all right, there's, there's a plan there. Like, there's clarity there. There's truth there in prayer. Um, the second thing she passed down to me was just helping, helping people on the road. And so, literally, I've got hundreds of stories. I'll try not to share them every weekend, but there, but there was this one. Um, I just shared, this, shared a story with our church about just saying, God, use me today. Like, that's my prayer. It's really simple. God, use me today. And every time I share that story, I'm not kidding you, there's something waiting outside the doors. Like there's something, someone incredible waiting outside the doors. So I shared that story, God used me today, with our church. And that, that evening, you know, heading home for work, this was a work day, it was a additional, you know, staff, staff conversation. That evening, I'm filling up my car at McDonald's. Um, and so I wouldn't head home hungry. Uh, I was a bear, like early on in our marriage, I'd come home, I was a bear, like I was hungry, I was ready to eat, like 5.15, right? Let's have a meal, dinner time, and I learned that was this wasn't always the most pleasant way to come home. <laughs> Just So I learned, okay, pick up pick up like a burger or a sandwich, have the pre-meal before you get home for the real meal. So that way it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I got to feed him, or he's going to like ground the, ki- or ground the kids for the rest of their lives, you know? So I was filling up my car grabbing a big mac because that's that's what I ate back then, and uh walking out and there's a there's a woman and she's sitting on the curb um, and she's bawling Man. and i and it was that again it was that you gotta stop you gotta um, just just see what's going on with her and um, her clothes are torn and sh- and she's looking pretty rough and she doesn't look like she's living on the street, but she but she's pretty rough. She's just bawling; tears are hitting the, hitting the sidewalk, hitting the cement. And uh, so I sat down beside her and I said, uh, I said, hey, can I can I help you? Um, do you need anything?" It took her about five minutes to stop crying, and uh, um, and she didn't say anything. And I, I said, "Hey," and I noticed she wasn't going anywhere. She didn't look like she she had a car. And I said, "Hey, can I?" Can I give you a ride somewhere? And she said, I, I live too far away. It's, it's way out of your way. And uh, at that time, I'd commuted. I think we were commuting 20 minutes from the north side of the lake, which, which everybody wondered, why do you guys live on the north side of the lake? It was, like, wooded and beautiful, and, like, nobody was around there. <laughs> and our home value didn't appreciate, like, everybody else's because we lived outside the bubble. Um, but uh, I said, well, where do you need to go? And she said, I, I'm going to Conroe. And I said, uh, I said well, that's where I live. And so another, you know, five minutes went by, and we're sitting on the curb outside McDonald's together. Everybody's walking in and out, right, going, what are these guys doing? <laughs> They're just chilling. So finally we get in the car, and I'm driving her to Conroe. And loud is, is all, get out, I'm not kidding. It was like, you can't give her any money. Like, you can't give her any money. And it was just like, I was like, wow, that's a weird thought. Like, I'm trying to get to know this lady, and that's all I'm hearing, is you can't give her any money. I'm like, that's weird, because I usually would help people, right, in that scenario. So she has me. Uh, she's telling me her story. She's saying she just got picked up by the police. You know, they just searched her for drugs and for others, other things. She starts to tell me she's been well-known in this area by the police. And they often harassed her, And, and well, in her words, right? And I turned to li- find out this woman um, was living on the street. And she was uh, selling herself to pay for drugs. And, and I, I want to sound super spiritual, but honestly the first thing that like, goes through my head as is, is I'm realizing this is, is the headline of the newspaper, local pastor pulled over with, with <laughs> in car. And I was like, oh Lord, please protect me. <laughs> I'm like, please, please, please let me like, walk away from this story and, be, and not be in behind bars, you know. And um, I'm sorry, it's, but I'm just being real. <laughs> and so we're driving, and we get to um, a well-known, most drug-infested place in Conroe. The apartments that you either you go to for a reason or you don't go to for a reason. And she has me drop her off at these apartments. And, and she literally, right, first thing she, she, she said as she was opening the door, she said, hey, do you have 40 bucks? And I did. I had two 20s in my wallet. And that, talk about how do you, <laughs> how do you tell somebody I'm trying to help you, but, but not go into the long spiel of things. And I said, I said Here, here's the deal. I said, I can't give you any money today, right? Because that was the thing. Do not give her any money. I said, I can't give you any money today, but I, but I have a, a meal for you. And so I handed her my Big Mac meal, and I said, uh, "I said God loves you so much. Whew. Like, he, he, he wants a different life for you. And she said, thank you. And, you know, started eating fries and took off and <laughs> shut the door, and I never saw her again. But the, po- the point of that story is, we all have opportunities to ask. And we all have opportunities to respond. Um, the question, the, my favorite question that I love to ask is, God, please use me today. Please use me in someone's life today. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be here next week. Same goes for them, right? Please use me today. And, he, and he'll give you the opportunity. We are all called to share the hope that we have. Just like in the story, it talks about the beautiful gay. I believe we are all beautiful in Christ's eyes. I believe he sees all of us, the woman on the curb, me, my sins, you know. He sees all of us and says, you're awesome. You're beautiful. Like, I love you. And then I think he wants each of us to pick our heads up and just see each other that way. Right? I think that's the biggest challenge. Acts 3, 25 through 26. So this is Peter and John now. So the the miracle just happened. This lame man got up and walked. He's he's running around and praising God, right? Like that's his response. This this man who'd been lame for years is healed and he's and he's saying, Praise God, like he's I think he's dancing a jig out there, you know. But here's Peter and John talking to all of the religious people in the area. Acts three twenty five. You are the sons of the prophets of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of earth be blessed. This is the promise. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first. So, Peter, Peter and John are talking to the religious people who would, you know, kind of like us sometimes. We know the truth. We know we're God's children. Like We know what we're supposed to be doing. But somehow that fades. You know, somehow that, that becomes secondary in our lives. And sometimes we even stop believing it, or we don't recognize it when it happens. But Peter and John are saying to, to them, God um, raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Acts 4.13 continues. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and to the Sadducees, those were the Jewish uh, religious leaders that, that actually turned their back on Christ and actually were a huge part of him being crucified. So he's talking to, the, talking to this, this group of people, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that Jesus is the resurrection of the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word and believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. So as Peter and John are proclaiming in their boldness, are actually working miracles, thousands of people are hearing about this Jesus Christ and becoming saved. Uh, Getting a little help from Siri. (laughs) I love the British voice, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's the Bible. The Bible's reading. It's Peter. On the next day, the rulers and elders, scribes gathered in Jerusalem with Annas and the high priest Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were in the high priestly family and when they had set them in the midst they inquired by what power or by what by what name did you do this then peter filled with the holy spirit said to them rulers of people and the elders if we were being examined today concerning our good deed done by a crippled man by healing the man by what this man has been healed by what let it be known to all of you to all the people of israel that by the name of jesus christ of nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead by Him, this man is standing before you. Well, and I know we don't often get that context, but it's almost like um, it's almost like the President of the United States or one of our congressmen showing up and literally walking right up to you, one of us, and asking us why, how, and why did you do this? And the whole, like, all the cameras are on you now, like the newspapers, all the flashes are popping, and you've got to answer this question. That's that's what's happening here question is, what would you say? How are you, how would you and I answer the question? We're doing these things in Christ's name. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders which should become the cornerstone and there is salvation in no one else. So Peter and John are just now they're, they're drawing a line and saying, this is how we do. This is why, what we're doing and how we're doing this. For there is no other name under heaven given among man by which we must be saved. And this is our key scripture today. When they saw this, saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So these religious leaders, these local people that were fighting against this whole Jesus movement, are now starting to see and believe. They're starting to say, "Wow, this is this is real." These dudes have not been the seminary; they're like, uh, you know, they're just normal everyday Joes, fishermen like you and me. And and they don't know they don't know the scripture like you know maybe the Apostle Paul knew it or like all the religious leaders knew it, but they said these guys are for real. And they believe what they say, and they recognize they have been with Jesus. So here's. Here's the point I think it's getting at. None of us are perfect. And I already said that last week, right? I wore a, a plaid shirt this week just in case I spilled something. You'd be able to see it less. <laughs> so I'm going to stay away from solid shirts for a while. But the point is, none of us are perfect. Every one of us sin daily. Like, I, I, hope, I hope we can say, you know what, I, I sin daily. Like, in my thoughts, in my mind, in my heart, like I don't want to. I want to be, I want to be who Christ is on a daily basis, but we are all imperfect, yet God is like wanting to use you, and he is using you. Peter, so let's talk about Peter for a second. Peter survived himself. This dude, so So if you go back and read through 1 Peter or 2 Peter or you read through this part of Acts, you'll see this dude was like impulsive. He was going to just do what he wanted to do. Sounded like uh, some of you guys describe uh, Gustav, our friend Gustav, as he's hitting the weights in the gym. This dude's going to lift like 300 pounds if he wants to, right? And it's not good for you. It's like ripping your shoulders apart. But that's Peter. Peter's like, no, let's do this. Let's jump in. So this is Peter. Peter survived himself. The same Peter who's working miracles right now who who in jesus name healed a man is the same peter who walked on water and fell because of his disbelief it's the same peter get this who denied christ three times the same peter who when they said are you are you the one of the followers of christ is like no nah, i don't know who you're talking about literally telling people he doesn't know who christ is the same peter There's two other guys in the Bible, so when you read through the Bible, what you really should be reading for is, is let me find out this dude's weakness first, like how imperfect this is, so I can relate to this guy, because we all, we all make these guys heroes, because that's what we want to do, right? We all want to brag on John Rev for making it 49 years in marriage, but Sharon, Sharon will get up here and tell you the laundry list, like, (laughs) he, he doesn't, like, put the cap back on the toothpaste, like he, he doesn't take out the trash, like Sharon knows the other list. Sharon, do you want to come up and give that list for us? <laughs> I'm kidding. John, John does a great job at all of that. <laughs> or the Hargraves, ask Damon and Heidi sometimes about um, when dishes should be washed. <laughs> they will tell you that the first two years, sorry, I'm sharing this now, they in their first two years of marriage, that was the thing that, that almost brought them apart was, <laughs> was the dishes <laughs> and it's really a Heidi issue. Damon doesn't have any issues with that, so <laughs> she's not, she's not in here so no seriously though David, King David, David that killed Goliath, like everybody wants to be David. I want to be one of David's mighty men, like I want to go slay some stuff and, ki- and and really in the Lord's name, I even joke every now and then some of these guys that are involved in sex trafficking, I'm like, sign me up for a hit squad to come and take some of these dudes out. And that's in my private time. You guys wouldn't be paying me for that part. <laughs> but, and and, and, and some, some, somehow we'd be able to share Christ with them right before we pulled the trigger, right? <laughs> so I haven't figured that part out yet. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm half joking on that, by the way. Honestly, so this is David. This is who we're talking about. We're talking about David. But David also struggled with lust. Like, he, 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 he committed adultery. Like, he had a dude murdered so that the secret of his affair wouldn't get out. But yet, God says, now here's a man that is a man after my heart. That's my man. It's like, really? <laughs> like, that dude... That's us, by the way. Like, that's us. That's each of us. Um, and then Paul. Paul, I don't know if you guys know Paul's full story. Um, this is honestly one of my favorite stories. Paul's name used to be Saul before he was converted. Saul knew, knew the first five books of the Bible. He could, he, could, he could get up here today and not even have to look at this and just tell, and walk through it and tell you all about it. Like, this dude was educated. He was a leader, but he was also ruthless. Paul had killed more Christians. Um, and when I, when I hear stories about what's happening in the Middle East, when I hear about Christians being persecuted, as much, you know, anger that we might feel when we see, or sadness that we might feel when some of our brothers and sisters are losing their lives for Christ, I, I do. I often go, you know what, that's Paul, or that's Saul, before God got a hold of him. How crazy is that, right? That's Saul. Yet after God got a hold of Paul, he became the church planter. Like that dude spread churches that are, and it's still going today. And I'm trying to say to you what Paul has said to all those people who started and led churches is, you already have permission. Like you already have permission Paul Paul was the worst dude you can imagine. And God said, no, you're it. You're going to spread. You're going to spread the church. Like, you're going to go do this. So I'd love for our church to say that that, um, no perfect people allowed here. That means everyone's invited here. Everyone's welcome. You'll start to see that a lot. Like, I love that. And, and I don't want us to get into the game of, of, uh, of sharing, well, who sins more, right? Having a sin, a sin competition. Look, that's not the point either. The point is, is like I'm imperfect and I'm here. God used me today. That's what I'm, my prayer is for our church. John fourteen twelve. And this is, this is I'm wrapping up. I'm kind of getting to the last, the last portion, the conclusion. John fourteen twelve says, very truly, I tell you, this is it. This is, this is all the qualifications. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And they will do, catch this, even greater things. Who has ever heard that? Like Jesus, <laughs> the God of the universe, 100% man, 100% um, our Father, right? And one person, like that's mind blowing. I have a lot of questions when I get to heaven. So tell me how that, like, how did this come about? Like, I just want to hear God's perspective of, of what it took to send his son here. Very truly, I, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things. That's interesting. Maybe the way to stop mass shootings in the United States is that we love one another more. Maybe the way... To actually help people with mental disabilities just to love one another more. You know, maybe the way that we that we help stop suicides in our community is that we spend more time really digging into the messy places and saying, God, use me. Sometimes, as tough as it is, I want to be right there where the darkness is. Like I want to be that guy. Or that woman who says, you know what, this is scary and I can't fix this person, but I know the person who can. They will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So Christ, again, I said it last week, he's sitting on the throne on the right hand. He's left his spirit with us, those of us who's chosen to, have to follow Christ. We have his spirit. And I believe us. he's given everything we need, this is our favorite thing to tell guys on these adventure trips when we take them to the top of a mountain, 13,000 feet in, in the Rockies, 14 sometimes. We get to go, what, 3,000 feet here, so we're still going to celebrate that. But my favorite thing is to say you have everything you need to be who God's called you to be. So I'll end with this question. It's time to let go this statement and then a question. It's time to let go what you're carrying and grab a hold of Christ. Like it's time. Like today, September 1st is the day. I was so excited we get to preach on the first of the month so they get to say stuff like that. But, it's, but for real, September 1st, 2019. I hope some of you look back and go, I'm in. And that's my day. Like September 1st is my day on the calendar that I recommitted and said I'm all in. Or September 1st is my day that I said, you know what? Like I I believe that Christ died for me and is calling me to be a part of this movement. So what are you holding on to? I'll I'll just share with you personally. I'm going to get real for a second. I came from a very rough family. I started to share that with a few of you guys <laughs> yesterday. I think um, it was Ryan. He asked me. He, he, I told him what year Myra and I left our homes. We left our homes very early. Um, and I'll talk about my home. I'll let Myra share hers with you personally. But, man, like I lived with a stepfather who, who went to drugs and alcohol for his escape. 80% of the time we were a normal family just like everyone else. But the other 20%? like, watch out. When he came through that front door that night, like, you you did not want to cross that man, and uh, I carried that shame and guilt around with me for years, because no one, I I wasn't going to tell anybody, like, I'm just going to be successful, be the the man that, that everyone needed me to be, just put on my khakis and my dress shoes and tuck in my shirt and look like everyone else and work hard, Like I'm just, I'm going to get along in society and I'm not going to tell people about what happened back there, that shame and that guilt. I carried it for years until one year, it finally got my attention. I think God was saying, you got to let that go. Shame and guilt kept me from taking youth pastor positions when I was 18, 19, 20, 25. Like I just kept saying, no, like you don't want me. Like you don't know me. You don't know where I came from but God did God did so what are you holding on to are you holding on the pride Um, like it's going to take me I I can do this and only I'm going to make this happen are you holding on the unforgiveness you know so all of these things as I wrap up and I don't mean to wrap up on such a heavy note but, but what I want to say is September 1st can be your day that you say, all right, I'm letting go of that. I'm letting go of all of that. And I, want to, I just want to make my prayer, God use me today. God use me today. So let me invite the band back up here as we wrap up. I'm going to do something a little bit old school. So please forgive me for being a little bit old school. Um, everybody, if you can, bow your heads with me, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray for us and with us, and I believe there's, there's a couple types of people in the room. One is, you've already accepted Christ, you've been a Christian for a long time, but it's been a while since you've prayed that prayer, God used me today. And I just wanna ask you to recommit with everything you are and say, all right, I'm in. I'm letting go of that thing that I've been holding on to that's keeping me from getting the game. And I'm trusting in you. The second person in the room was, is the person that's never, that's never decided to do this. For whatever reason, they're like, that's not real. That's not for me. And I'm asking today, if you're ready, to say, I'm, I'm ready to, to lean on God and to say, I'm in. I believe that Christ came to this earth. He died for me, for my sins. He rose again and is giving you eternity, giving us eternity for just saying, I believe in you and I believe you died for me. If you're that person today, just say, you know, it's September 1st. I'm, I'm all in. So let me pray for us. Father, we love you. And God, I don't know what everyone's been carrying this week. I don't know where we are, where they are in their marriages and their, in their lives and their careers and just the plan that they have for themselves, but God, I ask that you make your plan so very clear. God, I ask that you make it obvious today and this week that you're the only one, that Jesus Christ is the only one that we can lean on. And that, God, that those of us who are Christ followers remind us that we have each other. And if you'll pray after me silently. Father, I love you. I need you. And today I'm putting a stake in the ground. I want to go on this adventure with you. I'm all in. And I believe that Jesus is the only way. Please guide me. God, use me today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.